You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 4th of January, 2021. Well, that's about as good as we can look. Two straight wins by the Utah Jazz. We'll break down the storylines on all of them. Conley, Rudy, Donovan, Favors. Everyone stepping up. Lots of different storylines to discuss as the Jazz beat the Clippers and the Spurs. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Uh, let me start off the show by saying I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. Like, honestly, we've played six games. We're four and two. That doesn't stun me. I just probably would have had a different outcome to every game so far, which would have had us two and four. So that's not entirely true. I would have had us winning in Oklahoma City and winning um, with probably not, like controlling the game. And I probably might have had us win against the Spurs, though that's a really, really good win last night. Um, I just would have not had us blowing them out. And I'm not sure I had us beating the Clippers. And I'm pretty certain I had us beating Minnesota. And I just don't know. Early, wacky, weird, strange NBA season at this point is the best way um, I can describe it. But you know what? There have been all the signs of, you know, why we might be really, really good. Uh, you know, I, I, I stopped in the at halftime last night and, and said to Ron, like, he, here's the argument, you know, of, of why we could be really good. And that is at halftime last night, we're obvious we're up 20. So that obviously makes you, you feel pretty good, but you suddenly look at it and you're like, wait a sec. Well, so in the first quarter, we got eight from Donovan and seven from Ingles. And in the second quarter, we got 10 from Clarkson and eight from Boyan. And we got 33 the night before against from Mike Conley and the Clippers. Like that's, that's a pretty special combination of five different guys that can go put it in the hoop and give it to you and carry you. And if a defense decides they're going to commit on one guy and try to slow down, you know, Mike Conley because he's been dominating, well, then all of a sudden, and Mike Conley was pretty good in that first quarter. He actually had five points and assists. Donovan Mitchell finishes the first quarter with eight points and three assists. Right? And Joe Ingles comes off the bench and buries two threes because you're worried about somebody else. In the second quarter, you know, Boyan, you've, now Boyan's been in a slump. He comes back and he's got it rolling. And in the midst of all this, Rudy is just playing as well as he ever has. And is it's getting to be a pretty interesting story about kind of where Rudy is as a person and how that's impacting his ability to play. Um, but... Really, that's the one thought I had as I watched us in, you know, in this idea of like, well, how, are, are we really, really good? That That's the scenario where, you know, we do start to have just a lot of weapons and we look super good in that. The other one that's been going on is we just have not been shooting the ball well. 
And so a lot of these things you just kind of knew would come together. We're the, we're the fourth best three-point corner, three-point shooting team in the NBA a year ago at 40%. And we were coming into last night's game, we were 30th in the NBA at 26%, 13 of 50. Like that's, that's not going to hold. So finally, went four of eight last night. We got a bunch more really good games coming where we're going to go four of eight, four of eight, five of eight, six of eight, and move that number up into the stratosphere, which is probably going to be close to 40% corner three shooting before the end of the day. The other one that we're watching is some really second-level, pretty awesome stuff in the offense. And last night in the the ballgame, what I think we saw a good deal of was the Jazz just beginning to understand certain defenses. Now, Phoenix and Minnesota just got into us physically into us and we didn't deal with it well at all right and that's going to be the challenge is you know the Clippers and the Spurs didn't play that same style physical getting into our bodies altering our routes like Jay Crowder just denied Boyan Bogdanovich the route he wanted to run all game long and so you know as we're dealing with you know that's still going to be a really big challenge for us is to figure out how we're dealing with those teams in those, it, that do that to us. Now, talking to Jazz assistant coach Mike Wells last night, you know, Brooklyn, New York, Milwaukee, Detroit, Cleveland, and Washington are what's next. And it, it, and then, frankly, we play Atlanta at home, which is basically a road game, and then back out to Denver. I mean, it's pretty brutal. But this, there aren't a lot of teams in that grouping that are going to get into you physically in that same way. In fact, I, I don't know the next team that we play that's going to do that because we actually start running running a lot of the teams twice coming up here. So, you know, we play this road trip and then we play Atlanta and then we'll play Atlanta again in Atlanta. We play Denver and then we play Denver again. We play New Orleans twice in a row. We play New York again. We play Golden State again. We play Dallas twice. So between now and February 4th, we don't play that many different teams. Like I think Indiana would probably get into us a little bit on February 7th, but that's February 7th. So we may see ourselves kind of now hit this pretty special rhythm for a while. And some of the things that are going on are just our complete understanding of how to react to other teams. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert are just terrific right now. Mike Conley has just changed the way he's playing the pick and roll, understanding Rudy, slowing down for him. Last year, Conley would get in the paint way too fast, and Rudy was always trailing behind him, and there was no pass for him to make, and they'd have to make that that little floater. Now he's kind of slowing it down, snaking underneath, allowing Rudy to roll. Rudy's now a step ahead of him. As they drop with Rudy, he's actually wide open for his little floater if he wants it. Or if they come out to him, he's able to pop it over the top. They're, they're, they're as good as the league has right now, I think, on pick and roll. There, there cannot be many combinations right now in the league that are better than those two in the pick and roll. Their numbers, I mean, it's short season, and so I'm certain there's some there's some numbers that are you know, depending on where you do your searches and um, and things like that. But the the some of these guys are, you know, what we're having right now from from these two guys is, is pretty awesome. Uh, and Rudy's having a pretty awesome season right now as the screener. Now, he's fourth in the league in the most screen set, as expected. The only guy right now who's having the same kind of of the top screeners in the NBA, uh, the only guy who's actually having kind of the same success of the top 20 or so screeners 
is Yusuf Nurkic screen success in with Dame Lillard and you know uh, Thomas Bryant in Washington, who we'll see on this trip. That'll be interesting to watch. But right now, of the top 20 screeners in the league and probably could stretch that out a little bit, Rudy's as good as there is. And he and Mike Conley, you know, are the best of the group right now. They, they are really, really, really great. Um, and it's great to watch. And one of the things they're doing is that they're setting that screen. If they're going under, they're setting that screen low. And if you go under and Rudy flips it, you're now way under. Because now you've tried to go under twice. Of the top 20 screen combinations in the league, they are the number one combo in the league. Steven Adams and Brandon Ingram are awfully close. But right now, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert are the best screen combination in the NBA. Uh, And if you take it all the way out, I'm doing it to the top 40. They're the number two combination. Only Jared Allen and Kyrie Irving are better. So our matchup tomorrow is the top two pick and roll combinations in the NBA. I want to dig into Rudy's defense and, and, and try to explain what he's doing to Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, DeMar DeRozan, even though they're putting up some success. It's, and it's a, it's a statement how great they are, but it also shows you what Rudy does. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. A uh, few other notes on the weekend. Um, you know, Derek Favors' performance on the Clippers is exactly why you signed him. Rudy picks up, to open up that third quarter, Rudy picks up his, or his second or third quarter, Rudy picks up the foul, and you now have, have blown up your rotation. You're not. You're suddenly not in rotation the same way you want to be, and we've been having great success on that. We'll talk about it throughout the show. I think it was... Rudy picked up his his fourth foul at the 841 mark of the third quarter, and then Derek Favors comes in, and in that third quarter, ends up going four of seven from the field with two field goals for 10 points, has five rebounds and an assist to close out that quarter, and I think we were plus three in that stretch. I mean, that's just a mammoth, mammoth uh, aspect to, to what Derek brings to us. We just have not had that before, um, and so Faves... Bringing that the other is exactly what, you know, we're looking for. And then we're just, you know, they really, the Jazz are finding something right now on the on the way to use Derek and the way to use Rudy. And it's leading to Rudy getting a bunch of minutes against bench uh, centers and he's killing them. I mean, he's just absolutely annihilating. We'll dig more into it as the week goes on. Um, but it's it's pretty awesome to see. But we're also getting, you know, when Derek is out on the floor, in the middle of the third and the fourth, we're, we're having a lot of success. I mean, last night, our 14-2 to two run that kind of clinched the ball game uh, was with Derek in both times. So, you know, Rudy's, the combination is just amazing right now. Rudy is, um, I think Rudy against uh, bench units last night in the first and second quarter, before they brought back in Jakob Pertl, I believe we were about plus four. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you start to think about, you know, you're plus four in four minutes. That's a big deal. Have you listened to Locked On Bets yet? They are killing it. It's hosted. It's a lot of fun. It's a daily podcast on the sports gambling world. It's about 15 minutes every show. It's brought to you by AG, And it's hosted by your boy Q. And then they follow it up uh, with Lee Sterling 
the handicapper, and they are rolling. They December 31st, they put a level three lockdown, and they have been just nailing it. It's all brought to you by BetOnlineAG. Get into the action and play at BetOnlineAG with the promo code LOCKDOWN. You get a 50% welcome bonus. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus. NFL Wild Card Weekend is going to be crazy with six games. College football top games all wrapped up. Hopefully you did well in the bowl games and the NBA is there for you. So don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sports book expert at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses. Follow them on Twitter. And again, the promo code is locked on. The podcast is locked on bets to get you in on wild card weekend. Today's show also brought to you by Murdoch Chevy located in Woods Cross, also located in Logan. Murdoch Chevy is kicking off the new year for you with the employee discount for everyone. Chevy price you pay is what we pay, not one cent more. The employee pricing for everyone, the incredible lineup. Maybe it's time for that Corvette cruising around or that Camaro, or maybe you're a truck guy. The Silverado and the Colorado is the truck lineup, and they are just fabulous. The SUVs we know well, the Tahoe, as well as the Suburban. And then the, the nice job they've done with the other SUVs the Trailblazer and the Blazer with the Traverse, the Equinox, and, and the Trax. It's all at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross in Logan and in Linden. Excuse me, Logan and in Woods Cross. Make sure you email me at dlock09 at gmail.com if you want to get uh, exclusive VIP treatment on your way over at Murdoch Chevy. It, so check it all out at Murdoch Chevy. Uh, Locked on fantasy basketball continues to roll. Josh Lloyd's got the number one fantasy basketball program in the country. Make sure you listen to Locked on fantasy basketball. All right, I want to dig in here for a second. I have a bunch of other stuff. Um, the, uh, by the way, Boyan's brace is really interesting. All right, let me get through some of my other notes from the weekend and then dig into what Rudy's doing uh, to some various people. Um, all right, various notes. Boyan was wearing a brace last night. This is really interesting because Boyan has always wore... Ever since Boyan hurt the wrist early last year, he has worn the brace in practices and in shoot-around settings, but always taking it off for games. He doesn't like anything physically like touching him on his skin. If you actually look at Boyan, he's the only one who's not wearing leggings. He's not wearing sleeves. He's not. He doesn't like anything touching his body. So he actually, I mean, I think he's actually even reluctant to tape sprained his ankle last night and then turned around and was unbelievable after spraining his ankle last night. Um, and so for him to wear that brace on the wrist yesterday was a big deal. I think that's a sign that clearly, you know, this has been bothering him maybe a little bit more than he was letting on. And um, so that's, you know, to see that I think is a little telling I don't know if it's troublesome, but I mean, he obviously nailed it last night. He was absolutely great once he got it going uh, and got the three-point rolling. And he's just a great shooter. It's not going to go away. And frankly, the shots he's missing are the corner three and at the rim, which is kind of strange that those are the two. He's, he was actually making the above the break, and then last night he dropped, you know, 28, so he had it He had it rolling. But that's it's significant that he's wearing that brace because it's really against his personality and against what he likes um, to do. Another one I thought was interesting were the quotes by Quinn and Mike Conley last yesterday uh, or after the Clipper game where Conley 
openly talked about the fact that, um, you know, Quinn stuck with him. Uh, and, you know, he could have done a lot of things. He could have benched me, could have done that. I thought this was newsworthy for two re- re- reasons. One is I thought it showed a level of self-awareness from Mike on like, hey, he was pretty aware he wasn't playing well and, you know, upset about it and needed to get better and all of that. I thought that was I thought that was super interesting. And then the second part of it was I thought like, you know, here he is like yet still so aware that not like insecure, but, you know, appreciative of his head coach for sticking with him. Now, the flip side was I thought Quinn Snyder gave us a heck of a comment about that. In the coaches' show yesterday, uh, exclusively on our coaches' show, you know he stuck with me too. We all—that's—that's that's what we do. You know, we stick together, and you know, you, you, we've talked about it before. But the amount of change that took place in his life—you um, know, being in Memphis um, for his entire adult life after one year at Ohio State, and the different combinations that he played with—I think he played for seven different coaches while in Memphis. Um, moving to a new city, playing with, you know, Boyan and Donovan and other guys that are, you know, capable scorers, Joe, who's a capable ball handler, playmaker. So part of it was, you know, him getting comfortable um, not not deferring in anything. And it's hard to do that when, you know, you're a little banged up to start the season and then the season stops. And so I, I just think this is the natural progression of, of who he is. And, you know, I'll stick by him through whatever. Shows you a lot about Quinn right there. I mean, his first reaction is he stuck with me too. And there's something to that, right? Mike Conley comes in, max player, highest paid player in the league at one point in time. And here he comes into Utah and they're playing a different style. And he's got to get off the ball and he doesn't have nearly the same time possession. He's doing all these other things and it's not working for him. Mike Conley could have shut down on Quinn Snyder just as well. So you're dealing with two really high quality people, a brilliant head coach, a brilliant basketball player. And, you know, Obviously, both of them believe in themselves, and the fact that they were able to kind of come together in this manner is pretty interesting to me, and, and the self-understanding on each of their parts about, hey, he stuck with me in, in both ways. There wasn't like Quinn saying, well, we you know we worked him through it. it. There was no arrogance there from Quinn. It was the exact opposite. It was a complete understanding of what the changes were that Mike Conley had to go through, and at the same time saying, you know, looking at that and saying, you know, he stuck with me. I thought that was interesting. Part two of that coach's show yesterday goes back to actually what we just talked about before, which was the um, com- the Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley pick and roll that's been so good. I'm going to let you hear my question because there's a specific play we're talking about, but it gets back into that part of that conversation. There was a play, I don't think it was against the Clippers, I think it was a previous game where he starts a pick and roll and he actually stopped and waited for Rudy to roll, faked a pass to Rudy, then I think actually proceeded and then gave it up to Rudy. I thought that in a capsule might have shown those two connecting a little bit more. Well, that play is emblematic of, of what we were talking about because he never had a roller like Rudy that, that he needed to wait for. You know, when he was in the lane, it may be thrown to a pick and pop big or a half roll, but having a big that attacks the rim like that. Um, and then the ball fake you mentioned sounds like a little thing, but that's also a function of Rudy rolling and a, you know, a defender being way back. When he was in Memphis, if that defender was that far back, he'd throw it back to Mark, and Mark would take a three or they'd keep playing. So um, you know, the fact that he made that little ball fake, that we've seen Joe do that, and in a lot of ways that's something 
you know, when you're attacking a big and pick and roll and he's back at the rim that you use to get that big leaning and make the decision whether to pass or shoot that much more clear. I hope you just took that in. I mean, Quinn's amazing and such an incredible, such incredible comments there. Um, but really, we talked about it earlier, but we're seeing Mike Conley understand how to use Rudy Gobert and we're seeing Mike Conley and Quinn Snyder understand each other. We're seeing year two of this all coming together. Quinn pointed out the other day, I didn't realize this, Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Joe Ingles only played 13 games together last year. That that I That's crazy. I, I didn't realize that to be true. Um, and, and I, you know, from looking at lineup data and things like that, I was completely unaware of that. But we are seeing, you know, hopefully in a shortened training camp, where camarad- where continuity is going to matter, we're seeing these guys begin to understand each other at just a much higher level than they did a year ago. And also, you know, there's this weird aspect that you almost have had two training camps, right? Because you had the pre-bubble training camp as well as having um, this training camp, even though it was, and we didn't change any players. Like that's, that's where we're so dramatically different. Um, than everyone else. All right, I want to dig into uh, Rudy um, and what he's doing to defenders. Donovan, by the way, nine assists. Let's not just slide through that as though it doesn't matter. Catch and shoot threes. Let's not slide through that uh, without thinking it matters. I'm a huge, huge believer in the catch and shoot three or at least the assisted three is another way to think about that. And last night, the Jazz... Um, the last few games, the Jazz have been busting out on the assisted threes. Last night, Donovan assisted five threes, nine assists for 23 points. Royce assisted three threes. Mike Conley assisted three threes. Boyan assisted three threes, which is a big deal because Boyan doesn't assist very often. Um, and then three more, one from Clarkson, two from Faves. So last night, as a total, 11-14, 17 assisted threes for the Jazz last night against the Clippers. It was a lot of the same. The Clippers game, the Jazz, uh, to give out the credit on that one, uh, Mike Conley assisted one, Joe Ingles two, Joe uh, Donovan four assisted threes. Uh, Royce had an assisted three. Jordan had an assisted three. Boyan and George Niang. So you had 11 assisted threes against the Clippers. Those numbers really matter. Because that, 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 almost all, sometimes it's one dribble. Settle yourself. But for the most part, those are catch and shoot threes. All right, what is Rudy doing to Ben's shot charts? Um, we'll look at that as well as check on some of the other things taking place um, around the NBA. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Protein Bar. Candy bar. Hard to tell the difference. It's the best pro- tasting protein bar ever. With their new flavors, their fun Christmas flavors, and 100% chocolate on all of them. Built Bar brings you the world's best tasting protein bar there is. Coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, orange, salted caramel, raspberry, all big wins. Cherry, barcia, uh, caramel brownie, cookies and cream. That's the non-nut nine right there. That is a solid nine-man rotation. If you, The guys who uh, can do nuts, I cannot uh, talk about coconut almond being like an almond joy and the peanut butter brownie being just fabulous. And when you look at the macros on it, it's just great. When you compare it to the leading men's bar out there, Built Bar is healthier for you and tastes great. Three and a half fewer fat grams, 34 fewer net carbs, 17 grams of sugar less, and seven more protein. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You get 20% off. Right now, you get a free face mask with every Built Boost purchase as well. I do want to share with you Built Boost. 
Um, I don't know if you drink emergency, but I drink emergency every single day. Uh, and now I'm drinking Built Boost. They built, uh, boost your immune system. It's kind of one of those emergency drinks you throw in there. Um, you can use the promo code Locked On for that as well. I just did the other day when I ordered my latest uh, group. So they have, I haven't tried any of their, I did a mixed bag of their old flavors. And then I pomegranate green apple. I really like apricot pineapple. My daughter likes the lemon lime. So we just ordered those. So that's their Built Boost. That's their kind of emergency immunity uh, defense system uh, buildup. So check that out as well. All at Built bar.com promo code locked on all right this is gonna take a little for like i think to get everyone to understand it uh well no i think you'll understand it's just probably would be better if i could be doing this on tv with graphics or 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 something of that sort but all right let me let's take demar Derozan was really really good last night so i think Derozan will be interesting to look at because um, Derozan actually did a pretty darn good job against the jazz last night. but if, if you take Derozan on an average night he takes four shots at the rim, four shots in the paint, and then he takes about two other kind of mid-range sh- shots um, on a given night. That that's that's the way a a Demar Derozan night plays out against the Jazz. He actually had a pretty good game. He got to the rim eight times against us, uh, which yeah, that's not great. However, instead of shooting his regular, you know, 60% or so, he shot 54 of eight. Then he goes, he went three of three in the floater zone, which was pretty darn impressive. He's usually about 46% there. And then on the long twos, DeRozan hits two, goes two for four and misses his two twos. So DeRozan last night goes nine of 17. And actually the key is the Jazz don't foul him. He only gets two free throws. He actually does a really good job against the Jazz last night in kind of all the way he plays the game um, and what the Jazz did against him. He got a few more shots than usual. He took 15 shots. Um, he has a really bad shot profile, and he shoots well above it. That's kind of his, you know, his average shot quality is about 43%. He shoots 54% because he's just a great shot maker. And he's actually kind of like the worst-case scenario for for Rudy um, because he can play comfortably in all that range and pull up beforehand and get all that done. And the and the fact is that when, you know, he actually had a he actually had a really, really um good game against the Jazz the other night. Like that's about DeMar DeRozan last night had as good a game as somebody can have against Rudy Gobert. He didn't have a shot chart altered. He got to the rim eight times. He made four of them, which is a little lower than you expect. He made his little floaters, and he hit his mid-range. And because the Jazz didn't foul him, he was a- he was able, he actually had a good game, and he didn't have that much damage on the Jazz as he made, you know, last night. He, he the, I think he took 17 shots was the total, and, the, and he made nine of them, so a great game by him, but he scores 18 points on his, 17 shots, that that's not going to kill you. And so that's the first thing is we just didn't foul. Now let's go to Paul George um, and his night. So Paul George on a regular night is going to get to the rim twice. He's going to be in the mid-range for about four or five shots. And he's going to be uh, in the key, you know, non-restricted for about three shots. So... What happens to Paul George the other night against us? Well, he gets to the rim his two times, and instead of you know doing his usual, which is 70%, he goes one of two because of Rudy. 
Here's where Rudy has the biggest impact on Paul George. In the key, he usually gets in the key and he makes about, he takes three shots a game and he shoots 53%. Well, he instead of getting the rim one more time, like he usually does, one of those shots got pushed out into the paint and he went 0 for 4 that night. So here's the first impact of Rudy. Rudy takes one of his shots he probably would have had at the rim, moves it into the paint non-restricted area, which is a much lower percentage shot just by definition. So instead of a 70% shot, it becomes a 50% shot. But then because of Rudy, Paul George is uncomfortable. He goes 0 for 4 on that. On a given night, Paul George takes four mid-range jumpers and he hits 46%. Against the Jazz, he went 0 for 3. So he really just missed... One of the shots he probably would have regularly made. You can decide whether you think Rudy's the impact or not. You've watched the video. Rudy looks like the impact. He's uh, Mike Wells shared with us on the broadcast that Quinn's allowing Rudy the freedom to play a little higher and have a larger impact. He's a veteran. He's kind of giving him more freedom, allowing him to do what he wants to do there, and he's beginning to impact that. The next part of it is that that Paul George takes 11 above-the-break threes, and he makes five of them. Okay, Paul George is great. And that's about what Paul George is shooting on those shots right now, about 45%. As crazy as that is, he is making that above the break three at a super high rate right now. And he, the only difference is against the Jazz, because he lost one rim shot and he lost one paint shot, he ends up taking 11 of those and he regularly takes seven. So he takes, he took more shots against us than he usually takes. And he ends up taking a longer three. And so this is where we get beat is when one of these guys has an unbelievable game from three. It's certainly, you know, that's a problem for us. And that's what you have to worry about. But it also shows you where that's what Rudy leaves you. Let's take Kawhi Leonard for a second here. Because Kawhi Leonard has a similar kind of shot distribution and night. And it's subtle. You know, someone says, oh, well, Kawhi... Paul George and Kawhi had a bad shooting night. They didn't really have a bad shooting night. What actually happens here is that their their regular night gets altered a little bit. So Kawhi Leonard, first of all, it's stunning to me how few shots Kawhi Leonard and Paul George take at the rim, and it should bother the Clippers a little bit. So Kawhi Leonard does his regular. He gets his two or three shots at the rim, and he makes two out of three. It's exactly what he regularly does on a given night. But in the paint non-restricted area, where Kawhi Leonard usually takes six shots a night, he took six shots a night. He usually makes about 50%. And instead of making three, he made one. That's because of Rudy. That's four points right there because of Rudy. Okay? Mid-range shots. Kawhi takes six a game. He's not shooting them very well this year. He's making about 33%. He actually has a pretty good game against us. He goes three of six, and he makes his shot. So now Kawhi is actually having his completely normal night. He went two for three at the rim. He got six shots in the paint. He got three of six on the mid-range. Actually, a pretty good game. And he hits two of four from three. So Kawhi Leonard actually has this really good shooting night. He hits 50% of his threes. He hits 50% of his mid-range shots. And in the paint non-restricted, instead of going three of six, he goes one of six because of Rudy. Like Rudy actually didn't even alter his shot chart. He just altered, purely altered his makes. That's what he did. And that's the value of Rudy does. So DeMar DeRozan, and, it's, and you're kind of seeing it in three different ways there. DeMar DeRozan, Rudy allowed us just to not foul. Kept him out of the rim because, and he actually got to the rim eight times. DeMar DeRozan's as tough as we have. Number two, 
Paul George, he alters his shot chart around the basket. George gets all of his threes, forces him outside. Paul George is only going to beat you if he has a monster game from three, which he's capable of doing. And Kawhi Leonard just couldn't hit the shots of the paint because of Rudy's presence. That's what Rudy does on a nightly basis for the Jazz. We'll talk about Rudy with second teams tomorrow. We'll get you ready for the Brooklyn Nets, the two best pick-and-roll combinations in the NBA going head-to-head tomorrow. Jared Allen and Kyrie Irving and Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. Have a great one. Talk to you soon. This is Locked on Jazz. Monday's Locked on NBA is Josh Lloyd doing the biggest stories with local experts. Go ahead and grab it now at Locked on NBA. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast, Locked on NBA. See you.